everyone. Welcome to New Point Community Church. Thanks for joining our podcast today. We pray that this series and this message inspires you to grow your faith and builds your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Good morning, New Point. How are we doing? Hey, it is so good to be with you, and I want you to know that I love you, and uh, more importantly, God loves you. And I want to give a shout out to all of our campuses, those of you in Canton and Worcester and Millersburg and Coshocton and Cambridge and in T County, and those of you who are joining us online, we're excited and honored that you are here. If this is your first time here, we would love to meet you, and so be sure to say hello before uh, you leave one of our campuses. We're in this series that we're kicking off. It comes in waves. Have you noticed that? That things in life, especially our emotions, they come in waves. And so how do we handle it? How do we deal with it? So we want to talk about that. We want to talk about how we can develop emotional health, how we can handle the waves of emotions that hit you and that hit me on a continual basis. While I was on vacation, I just kind of strolled the, the, the Facebook, and I came across this post, and I knew the person, and I asked him, I said, hey, can I share this? And he said, yeah, if it can help people, go ahead. And I think it's where many of us have been, or maybe where we are today. And here's what he posted on Facebook. If we can bring that up, all right? So Facebook asked, what's on my mind? Sitting here at lunch while my wife and son are doing college visits, burned out in sports is what's on my mind. Or maybe burned out in life is what's on my mind. Parents, all of those travel teams, junior Olympics, multiple camps, and summer leagues seem great when your kid is 8 to 14, but the voluntarily open gyms, lifting practices year after year become a grind and steal the love out of the sport or steal your life. You parents who have kids in this lifestyle know what I mean. My advice is that you limit it. Any moms and dads out there that can identify with that? It just sucks the life out of us, doesn't it? And here's what I want us to envision. I want you to envision mental health as the ocean. Okay, maybe you visited there this this summer. And then I want you to envision your emotional health as being the waves, as being the waves. See, what happens is we have this large body of water, but then at times these waves come and they hit you and they hit me and they even talk about the undercurrents that can pull you what? That can pull you under and literally can drown you. And it can happen to you and I emotionally and mentally. And I was doing some reading on this and came across an article for Carla Jensen and and she just says some unbelievable, profound things. And what she says is that mental health for you and for me involves processing all of the information that you and I encounter. And we get a lot of information. Would you agree with me? I mean, it just comes at you and me. There's things that you and I know about and hear about that we should never know about or hear about. 
And what happens is emotional health, okay, is the ability, okay, to process that. And so mental health and emotional health, though they are similar, they are different. And here's how they're different. And it's this way here. Emotional health is the software. It's what you and I allow into our mind. Okay, and it comes in what? It comes in waves. Mental health is the hardware. And really, there's, there's, there's the hardware. It's like a computer, okay? The computer has hardware, but then you and I also have the ability to determine the software. And so emotional health is software. Mental health is the hardware. And to deal with life and to deal with relationships, you and I must be able to navigate our thoughts and our emotions. And if one of these is out of sort, either our emotional health or our mental health, then what happens is life doesn't work well for us. But if they are in, in, in order, then what happens is it allows you and I to be resilient and experience a higher quality of life. And so the question becomes, what is emotional health? Well, let me give you some thoughts on that, okay? If, if you and I are emotionally healthy, okay, we're aware of our emotions. We know what we're feeling. We don't deny them. We don't resist them. We're just aware. You know, this is how I feel. Also, we accept those feelings. We don't deny them. We don't reject them. No, I'm angry. No, I'm mad. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sad. We're there. And then also, it goes on, we're processing and managing our feelings. We say, you know what, this wave of emotion has come to me, and now I'm going to process it. I'm going to manage it. And then I'm going to express my feelings in a healthy way, in a way that's healthy. And so that's emotional health. It's, it's doing all of these. It's appropriately doing all of the things that I just mentioned. And so that's where we want to be. That's where I want to be. Am I always there? No. But that's my goal. Are you always there? Probably not. But that should be our goal. And so how you process the information that's coming into your life is related to your mental health. And mental health is about functioning, okay? It's the functioning of your brain. It's the functioning of my brain in a sense. And so mental health determines how you and I make decisions, all right? It's how you and I make decisions. If you and I have a strong mental health, then you know what we're going to be able to do? We're going to be able to make good decisions. But not only good decisions, we're going to be able to interact with other people in a healthy way, in a constructive way. And then we're going to be able to manage stress. So would you say that emotional health is important? Absolutely. Would you say that mental health is important? Absolutely. And so if you and I are going to be able to live the life that Jesus Christ has for you and I, then we have to be able to be proactive in the area of our emotional health, the waves that hit us, as well as our mental health. Now, if you encounter mental health, 
okay? Here's what we need to understand about mental health, and we all need to be able to process this, okay? Because what happens is, if I'm not mentally healthy, it's usually because of one of three reasons, okay? One would be your family history. Would you agree that none of us grew up in perfect families? You know, when we grew up, not all of us got everything that we needed. We maybe didn't get the love. We didn't get the structure. Maybe there was a lot of turmoil, a lot of conflict, a lot of fighting in the home that we grew up in. That affects my mental health. That affects your mental health. And so we have to come back and we have to be honest. And we have to say, what is my family history? As I grew up, did I get what I ultimately needed? Did I get the love? Did I get the affirmation? Did, did, did I get the support? And then experiences that maybe you've lived through. Maybe you grew up in a, in a home that gave you everything, but as you got older, some things happened to you. Maybe, maybe sexual abuse, maybe verbal abuse, but some things have happened in your life that, that has caused damage. Or, or maybe it's trauma. You know, all kinds of things there. And so if, if your family history, okay, is not healthy, or if you've had experiences that you've lived through, let's say abuse or, or uh, trauma, you know what? I want to encourage you today to get some help. There's nothing wrong with that, of being able to say, hey, you know what? I need to talk to a, a professional person who I can be honest with and who can help me process this and be able to deal with this. And then there's a third thing about mental health, and that's the biological factor, such as brain chemistry or genes. Sometimes there's just something missing there that I, I need to be able to get medical help for and to be able to do that. And so I, I want you to know, I'm not a doctor, okay? I just wanna help you, okay? I wanna help you, and I wanna be able to let you know that it's okay to be able to say, hey, you know what? My family that I grew up in wasn't that great. And you're not throwing mom and dad under the bus. You're just being honest, you're just being real. And it's okay to be able to say, hey, I need some help in processing that. Or maybe, hey, I've experienced some trauma or abuse in my life, and I need somebody to help me process that. Or maybe, you know what? I, I just don't feel biologically or, 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 or with, with the chemistry of where I'm at and my genes, and so I'm gonna get that checked out. And so there's nothing wrong with being able to say, I need help. It's called humility. And that's how God works in your life, and that's how God works in my life. And there's nothing wrong with that. I've asked for help. I need help. I need help in processing things in my own life. And no doubt you're there as well. And so mental health can be compared to the ocean, okay? Emotional health is compared to the waves. And so let's say that, that none of those three things mentally apply to you. You still have to deal with the emotional waves that come in your life and that come in my life. And they can come in powerful, powerful ways. And one of the ways in which they come is the pace that you and I live. Would you agree that, that most of us live at an unsustainable pace of life? And what happens is it's the hurried life. And, and, and when we live in this hurried life, when we live at this unbelievable pace, then what happens is the emotional waves hit you and I in incredible, powerful ways. And they can knock you out. They can take 
you under. And I think one of the reasons why we live at such a pace is because of FOMO, okay? You say, what's FOMO? FOMO is fearing uh, that you're going to miss out on something, the fear of missing out on something. And so what happens is we live full lives. We, we, we live busy lives. We live hurried lives. And this affects us. It affects us emotionally, which can ultimately affect us mentally. And it leads us to to want to wanna have experiences. And so here's what I would say about our, our world today. We're high on experience, but we're low on relationships. Because, you know what, we can even do this. And as we read from the Facebook post, you know, we as moms and dads, we don't want our kids to miss out on anything, do we? And so what happens is they, they, they become exhausted. They become worn out because of the hurried life. But we don't want them to miss out on anything. And so what happens is we're rich in experience, but we're poor in relationships. And so we live a hurried life. We live a life that is exhausting, which affects my emotional state. And it affects it in multiple different ways when you and I live this hurried life because the, the more hurried you and I are, the more susceptible we are to the emotional waves of life that can knock you and me out and take us under. Let me, let me give you just some ways in which this happens. A hurried life prevents me from knowing God. And, and, and God is very, very important in the area of mental health, of emotional health. And so what happens is if I'm living a, a hurried life, I don't have time for God. I just don't have time for God. And, and what we need to be able to do is we need to be able to take time to pause in his presence. We need to be able to take time to surrender our anxieties and our worries and our fears and all of those emotions that want to take you and I under. And yet what happens is a hurried life has no time for God and it prevents us from knowing God, from experiencing God. And as long as we move at an incredible pace, okay, we should not be surprised that our relationship with God suffers. Do you know the average person attends church about one out of every six weeks, if that? Why? Because we're busy. Our pace is incredible. And it affects us mentally. It affects us emotionally. That's why the psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. Yeah, I know that you're dealing with the emotional waves of life, but I'm bigger than that. It not only prevents me from knowing God, it also decreases compassion and empathy. Would you agree with me today that, that we lack this in our world, compassion and empathy? I mean, all you have to do is go to Starbucks. You know, all you have to do is go to a restaurant. And what happens is, you know, the compassion isn't there. The empathy isn't there. And it doesn't matter if they don't have enough workers. We want what we want, and we want it when? Now. And, and compassion and empathy are similar, but they're different. Compassion sees the suffering and does something about it. Empathy is the ability to identify with someone's feelings. And yet what happens is, because of the hurried life that we live, the pace at life that we live, we have become very short with one another. Road rage is an example of that. The shortness 
with one another is an example of that. But it does more than that. It increases anxiety and depression and addiction. If, if you read anything about this, you will find out that in the last two years, anxiety's up, depression is up, addiction, alcoholism is up, drug abuse is up. All of that is up. And the reason for that is because we're running at such a pace. We're exhausted. And so we need, a, we need an upper. We need something to kickstart us because we want to feel good and we don't feel good when we have anxiety, depression, and addiction. And so what happens is we medicate ourselves. Why? Because the emotional waves are coming at us and we don't know what to do. We don't know how to handle it. And then... Not only that, it destroys meaningful relationships. Why? Because we've lost compassion. Why? Because we don't have the empathy that we used to have. And so the, the meaningful relationships take a tremendous hit because the pace of life struggles with healthy relationships because we don't have time for one another. We're not patient with one another. We're not understanding one another. We don't have the ability to set and just enjoy one another. And so what happens is we suffer with relationships. We don't have the carefree time to be able to really enjoy because we're going to this event, we're going to that event. Our life is, is just one hurried life. And then finally, it leads to a superficial meaningless existence. We begin to even question why we're even alive because we fall to depression, we fall to discouragement, and we wonder, why am I even living? I don't even feel like I'm living. I'm, I'm numb. And, and we lose purpose, and purpose is a word that, that we use, but we've lost the meaning of it. And so in a hurried world, in a busy world, in a fast-paced world, we miss out on true purpose and meaning in life because we're hurried. And so a busy life sometimes leads us to a, a bearing life, a life that doesn't bear much. And so it affects you and me. And so the pace of your life really does matter when it comes to dealing with the emotional health and the mental health for you and me. I want you to listen to this story, Sandra Keith, incredible, and I'm so proud of her because she's gone through this and she's been willing to share her story for you and me so that you and I can learn, so that we can understand, hey, it's okay to be able to say, hey, this is where I'm at, but she does more than that. She gives us hope that you and I can be able to deal with it. And so watch this. I just remember sitting there thinking, and I just I just kept praying like I didn't know what was going on and nobody was really telling me. And I was just like, you know, what what am I supposed to say? You know, and the worst part is just not knowing what's going on. I mean, like not understanding anything that's happening. So in 2021, uh, life was pretty hectic. Uh, I had been working for about uh, 32 years teaching school and the pandemic, I didn't really realize how much of an effect it had on me until 
reflecting back, but it made a lot of things change. Um, and so in teaching, I was having to do extra responsibilities, almost like two jobs. And so I was working a lot. And the other thing that was happening was I was worrying a lot. My son, a couple years prior to that, had been hospitalized for attempting suicide. And so I was constantly worrying and uh, not being able to sleep. And so it was the whole day and night of worrying and thinking. And I could feel things almost kind of like spiraling out of control. Uh, at one point, I was so sad and I was on the ground at home and my husband was like, you know, call the hospital. Well, when you're going through something and you're worried about what everybody's going to think, it was like, no, I'm, I'm fine. It'll be fine. Um, and you, you don't really talk about it because, you know, I, I, for all these years, kept everything going, you know, kept doing for this person and this and this thing. And, and then it just came crashing down. At this point, I kind of started not really remembering. I, I was having what they would call um, like religious delusions. Um, and so my stepdaughter, Jessie, called the uh, ambulance and things. And I'm very appreciative of that because uh, mental health just doesn't affect the person that it's happening to. It affects the family. And so for Jessie to... Um, Love me enough to go ahead and call. And so uh, they came and I was transported to Mount Carmel East. They, they restrained my hands and my legs. It was extremely frightening. Uh, they had given me medicine to knock me out. And so then as I'm waking up, um, I don't, I had no idea what was going on. So, so what I'd had was a, a stress induced, um, psychotic episode and when when I got home though that's when um, it was the toughest because uh, I didn't want to I didn't want to talk to anybody um, I was embarrassed uh, you know thought that I was weak and you know even though I was saying you know I don't want to see people or talk to people um, I had a wonderful sets of friends that that did still come and see me and talk to me. And um, it that has been what has been so important is that community of people and the people that God has placed in my life since then, their prayers and uh, Their, their love to, to, like I said, still stay with me and not let that event define who I am. And uh, I have realized that uh, I, don't ha I don't have to please people. Um, God has made me the way that he wants me to be made and uh, a plan and a purpose and just the healing that I've had, uh, the relationship that I have with with Christ has improved, the, my relationship with my family, my friends, and a fabulous small group, um, and 
you know, that, that community, you have to have community when you're going through anything. Um, and God has always, through my life and through the trials, always put the people, he, he's used people to come in and, and minister to me. And, um, and that's, I'm just so very thankful of the people that have been put in my life. Can you identify with her? Sure. I think we all can. Because we've all been there at some level or another. We've all felt those emotional waves. You know, you feel the walls are coming in. You don't know if you're going to be able to go on. You don't know if you're going to be able to take your next step. And one of the things that she said that was powerful is community people. And today we're kicking off groups. And one of the things that we say here at New Point is it's dangerous to do life alone because the waves of emotions hit you. They hit me. They affect our emotional state. They affect our our mental state. And one of God's ways in which you and I can deal with the waves of life is that we have people around us who love us, who support us, who pray for us, who are there with us to help us process. And so I wanna encourage you to be a part of a group. Your emotional and mental health depends upon it because that's how God operates. But Jesus speaks to this as well. And you need to know, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not even trying to be. But the Bible speaks to emotional and mental health. And, and Jesus says it like this. And, and, and he, he, he says it in this way. What good would it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? What, what, what good would it be for you and I to be in an unhealthy emotional and mental state and yet we've gained the whole world? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Wow. What he is saying is that you and I must take care of ourselves. You and I cannot continue to run and run and run because it will do damage to you. It will do damage to me emotionally and mentally. He's basically saying you can have all that you think that you want, but if you're not in the emotional and mental state of healthiness, you won't be able to enjoy it. You won't be able to embrace it. So let me ask you a question because I want to ask you it. When's the, last some, when's the last time somebody has asked you how your soul was? Your soul. How your soul was. Because your soul is the most important thing about you. I love this quote from John Orgberg. He says, your soul is what integrates, what connects, what binds together your will. Then your mind, those thoughts, those waves, those feelings, those waves, and desires going on all the time. And then your body with all of its appetites and habits and behaviors. God's designed us so that our choices and our thoughts and our desires and our behavior would be in perfect harmony with each other and would be powered by an unbroken connection with God. Wow. 
And so if we're going to be emotionally healthy, if we're going to be mentally healthy, we have to take care of our soul. We have to take care of our soul. We have to be intentional. And, and, and a hurried soul is not a healthy soul. We have to come back and, and, and we have to ask these questions. And I want to break this down because here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, ultimately, there's two ways to live. You and I can either live God, God's way or we can live our own way. God's way is that we take care of our soul. Our way is that we don't want to miss out on anything. We want to live this life at a certain pace. And yet what we have to understand is Jesus said, hey, you know what, Dwight? Hey, you know what, New Point? I've come that you might have life and have it to the fullest. And so Jesus says it like this. He says, what good will it be for someone? You see, what happens is you and I have a tendency to think we know what's good for us, right? Hey, I know what's good for us. And so we seek our own good. But he goes on to say this, to gain the whole world. That means that we play by the rules of the world instead of by the direction of God. He says, and yet forfeit their what? Their soul. What good is that? It costs us everything. It costs us our relationship with God. It costs us our relationship with one another. It will cost us our emotional and mental health. Even though we might have power, even though we might have possessions, even though we might have prestige, even though we might have all of that, we end up losing in the end, though we might outwardly look good. Dallas Willard would say it like this. He would say, if your soul is healthy, no externals. Check this out. If your soul is healthy, no external circumstance can destroy your life. If your soul is unhealthy, no external circumstance can redeem your life. Wow, that's unbelievable. And so how do we take care of our soul? How do we make sure that emotionally and mentally we remain healthy and that we process all of these things that come your way and that come my way? Well, Paul tells Timothy this. He says, God has not given us a spirit of what? A fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so God wants you and I to have a sound mind. Do you know that? He wants me to have a sound mind. And so the question is, how do we have this? Because emotions are neither good nor bad. They're basically neutral. They're basically neutral. We get to decide how we process them. We get to decide how we manage them. We get to decide what we ultimately do with them. And so how do we have a sound mind? Let me give you some things to be able to do it. Here's the first way in which you and I can have a sound mind, and that is focus. You and I get to choose what we focus on. Do you know that? Do you know that you can only focus on one thing at a time? And what we're called to ultimately do is to focus on God. Isaiah 26.3 says, he who keeps his mind on me, I will keep in what? Perfect peace. You see, the temptation for you, the temptation for me is to focus on something other than God's provision. This goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Think with me, Adam and Eve had a perfect environment. They could eat from every tree in the garden except for what? One. 
And Satan got them to focus on the one thing that they could not have. And they chose it. And what happens is this is what happens with you and me. Let's say in marriage, Satan will want you to focus on the one thing that you don't like about your marriage, and it'll drive you nuts. Satan will want you to focus on the one thing that you don't like about your boss or about your coworker, and it'll drive you crazy. And so what happens is you get to choose what you focus on. You get to choose what you focus on. And there'll be thousands and thousands of thoughts that will go through your mind, and you get to choose whether you're going to focus on that or not. I got on a plane two weeks ago. You know what? My thought is, what if this plane goes down? Been there, huh? That seat gets really what? Really small. And I thought, man, if I keep thinking this way, they're going to have to come and help me, okay? But what I ended up doing was changing my focus. Because, listen, Mental Health 101 is focus on the things that you can control. I couldn't control that. And what Satan wants you to do and what he wants me to do is to focus on everything that we can't control, And what happens is that's where these emotional waves come and hit me and you. And if I focus on that, which I can't control, then what happens is it will affect me emotionally and mentally because it'll always be out of my reach. Because here's what I know. Whatever you focus on, guess what you do? You talk about. You talk about. You will, you will talk to yourself about whatever you focus on. And so if you focus on that item that you don't like about your spouse, you're going to talk, I can't believe she's this way. Why did I ever marry her? I can't believe he's this way. Why, what was I thinking? And what happens is, who talks to you more than anyone? You do. And Scripture would tell us that there's life and death in the what? In the tongue. There's life and death in the tongue. And so your words that you tell yourself are powerful about how you handle the emotional waves of life. Because what you focus on, you talk about. And what you talk about, guess what it does? It affects your feelings. It affects your feelings. And so what happens is whatever you focus on, you talk about. And whatever you talk about, it affects your feelings. And your feelings ultimately will affect your behavior. It'll affect your behavior. And so what happens is you'll start doing things that are unhealthy, all because of what you focused on, because what you focused on, you talked about. And what you talked about, it affects your feelings. And whatever affects your feelings is going to drive your actions. And so Paul would say to you and me, Dwight, develop a, develop a healthy mind. And a sound mind is a disciplined focus. I get to choose what I focus on. It's, it's a disciplined self-talk of where now what happens is I'm choosing words of life, which ultimately affects my what? Emotions that drive discipline. Now I have positive emotions that ultimately lead to what? Constructive action in my life. Now, what's an unhealthy mind? What's an unhealthy mindset or emotion 
or mental state. It's this right here. It's an undisciplined focus. I just let anything come into my mind that comes in. And I start thinking about everything that's out of my control, which ends up to what? Having negative talk. Right? The world's falling apart, which ends up leading to counterproductive emotions, which ends up leading to ineffective behavior. Y'all okay? You see, this is why it's so important that you and I take care of our soul because our soul is where our mind is. It's where we think. It's where we process things. It's where we do things. And here's what I want to leave you with as, as we kick off this series. Here's what David said about the Lord. And you and I need to embrace it. He says it like this. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He will give me everything that I need. So when those emotional waves come in, when those thoughts come to my mind that, that, that want to breed fear and doubt and anxiety and worry and stress, I need to be able to say, hey, you know what, God? You've promised that you will meet all of my needs. And that which is in my control, I will deal with. That which is out of my control, I will trust you with. David goes on to say this, he refreshes and restores my soul life. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And so if you and I are going to be able to handle the waves of life, if you and I are going to be able to, to be mentally and emotionally healthy, it all begins with a relationship with God. It all begins, you, listen, Dwight will never be emotionally and mentally healthy apart from knowing Jesus Christ. He's my creator. He created my soul. He created your soul. And so today, maybe you need to invite him into your life. Maybe you need to say, God, I need you in my life. I want you in my life. I can't handle all the emotional and mental things that come my way. And I invite you to come in and to be the shepherd of my soul and restore my soul today. Or maybe you've done that and you need to just say, you know what, God, today I need to have a disciplined mind. I need to, to focus on the right thing and talk about the right thing. So I want to pray with you today. Would you just bow your heads? Maybe today is your day to say, God, I need help. Sandra did. It changed her life. <laughs> maybe you just need to say, God, I need you in my life. I need your help, and he will. Maybe you need to say, you know what, God, I need to take better care of my soul. I, I, I need to, to slow down the pace of life so that I can have a relationship with you and relationships with other people, and I can, I can be in that group, and I can surround myself with people who can walk with me and help me and strengthen me in this world that throws so many things at us. And so, God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done for us. We love you. And I pray today for me as well as all of my friends here today that we would take that next step, whatever it is, in dealing with the waves of emotion that hits us and that wants to take us under. But you have said, I'm here. I love you. I want to help. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thank you for joining us today. If you want to know more about us, please visit our website at newpoint.org. There you'll find past messages, parent resources, times and locations to all of our physical campuses, or you could just download our app at newpoint.org app. There you can find all those same resources just in a mobile version. We want to say thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next time.